This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock in Hayesville, North Carolina, a freezing morning here in the western North Carolina mountains. 32 degrees on April the 25th, 2023. Got the vegetation covered up again in a, uh, a long night for my new bees. We, uh, we got our new uh, honeybee hive yesterday. Got them installed last night. Uh, so I'll have to go out and check on them. Hopefully they got through the night okay. A little bit chilly for them. Um, I got to tell you, before we get started uh, this morning, one of the funniest things, a uh, neighbor of mine, uh, my age, we're, we both are raising bees. And he said, hey, you know, on our way to get our bees tonight, do you mind stopping? And I, I, I bought a sink. Do you mind helping me throw it in my truck? Sure, no problem. I'm thinking we're going to Lowe's. We're going to pick up a sink. I'm going to, you know, lift the box. I'll help him lift the box up into the truck. You know, two 63-year-old guys, you know, no problem. As we're driving, I realize that we're not going to Lowe's. And he says to me, oh, no, I bought this sink from a, a guy locally. And he comes, then he proceeds to tell me that it's a cast iron sink. And it's not just any cast iron sink. It's about a three-and-a-half-foot-long cast iron sink. Now, folks, I don't know if any of you have ever picked up a cast iron sink. My God, it's <laughs> they're heavy. Uh, we almost didn't make it. I mean, honest to God, two 63-year-old guys, and we're, we're picking it up from this guy who's a Vietnam vet that's probably 80, right? So he's no help. And, uh, and so it's like down on his patio, and there's these little steps that we got to go up to get it up to my friend's truck. And I'm like, oh, my God. We had to stop like about six times. I almost rolled my ankle. Matter of fact, I did roll it a little bit. It was a little swollen this morning. But, oh, my God, it was uh, It's one of those things. I'm glad it wasn't on tape somewhere because my wife would be laughing for the rest of eternity. It was just, uh, oh. And it's one of those things where my mind says, I can do this. And my body says, hey, you idiot, have you forgotten how old you are? You know, and that's, uh, that's one of the problems with getting old is that, uh, the mind still thinks we're a lot younger than we are. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure that uh, many of us have faced that. Um, before we get to sports, a great day in media, as you probably heard in the newscast prior to the start of this. Fox News fired Tucker Carlson yesterday. Tucker Carlson, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the most disingenuous jerks on the planet. And if there was any doubt you know that this guy this wasn't about him actually believing all the crap he was spewing on Fox News and I think this is why uh, they had to let him go with the lawsuit with Dominion that was that was just settled and all the stuff that came out 
about how behind the scenes he was saying that, you know, basically he couldn't stand Trump and that all the, the stuff about the election being fixed and everything was all a load of garbage and yada, yada, yada. And yet he goes on the air and does the exact opposite. Then we find out about, you know, uh, this uh, uh, sexual harassment stuff with one of his producers. And then I think the nail in the coffin came on Sunday when 60 Minutes ran a report Sunday night. I did not see it live. My friend told me about it. I watched it last night. And it was about a guy by the name of Raymond Epps, a former Marine. He's a Trump supporter from Arizona who went to the Capitol on January 6th when the whole riot was happening. And you, you, you know, you see some of the footage and you realize that it, in some ways he was trying to calm some people down and not let it get too out of hand. But at the same time, he was there and he was involved in the people that stormed into the Capitol building. Well, after this all happened, now the Republicans are the Trump supporters are trying to spin it and saying that Epps was a government agent. Uh, conducting a false flag operation to start trouble that would be blamed on the Trump supporters. And people who believe this crap. Well, come to find out, and it was it, it, in the interview, it came out, Epps said, that Tucker Carlson uh, had it in for him and was essentially harassing him. Uh, you know, come on. But I think this, that was the the coup de grace for Tucker Carlson at Fox News. And uh, the shares in Fox News dropped about 5% within seconds of the news of his firing coming out. It rebounded. It's still down 3% for the day. But um, look, you know, it, it, it it's consequences for putting on a show. He was essentially just making stuff up for ratings, which a lot of Fox News people do. The problem is, is with the lawsuits and all this other stuff that's come out in the interview with Epps, it came out and we kind of got to look behind the curtain, kind of like, you know, the Wizard of Oz, right? And, and when this all came out, Fox realized that Tucker Carlson was now an albatross for them and they could not sustain it because nobody was going to believe him after all the stuff that came out. So they had to do this. And thank God, you know, look, I realize he's a family man. He's got four kids and I don't wish anything bad to happen to Tucker Carlson, but this is what happens when you are a liar and you are disingenuous, and you mislead the American public, and it comes out, at some point, you are going to pay the piper. And Tucker Carlson has paid with his job. And uh, uh, and this isn't about, for me, I mean, uh, I'm an independent. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a, I'm not a left-wing, uh, you know, progressive, you know, person like, the, you know, on the AOC uh, scale of things or the Bernie Sanders scale of things. I'm a middle-of-the-road kind of person. I'm about, hey, you know, as I said, I was a Republican for years. And Donald Trump and his supporters drove me out of the party. And uh, so this isn't about left or right. This is about the right thing to do. 
And if and I'll tell you what, this is a warning shot across the bow to everybody else at Fox News. Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, all of them. That you know there still has to be some integrity and Tucker Carlson had zero integrity. He showed that with the emails uh, that uh, came out in the Dominion lawsuit and uh, with the interview with Epps, we find out we got to look at who he really is. And now what he is, is unemployed. All right, sports. After uh, a couple of months of waiting for that to happen, uh, Aaron Rodgers finally got traded. And he finally got traded to the rumored New York Jets. So the 39-year-old will be changing teams, much like his predecessor in Green Bay did. If you remember, uh, when the uh, Jets signed Brett Favre, which opened the door for Aaron Rodgers to start in Green Bay, and now it'll open the door for Jordan Love to start in Green Bay. The question is, is what does he have left in the tank? You know, now he had an underwhelming last year. Of course, we find out, you know, broken thumb and all this other stuff, but um, he's still 39 years old. And not everybody, ladies and gentlemen, is Tom Brady. Not everybody is going to be able to replicate what Tom Brady did. The Jets are hoping that he can, at least for a couple of years, because they have said that they are still committed to their young quarterback, Wilson, and they want him to now, you know, look, he's 23 years old. They want him to now learn from Aaron Rodgers. We come to find out that uh, Rodgers was kind of his idol while he was growing up in Utah and hope that he can improve. But let's also remember, you know, Aaron Rodgers has put up some good numbers over the years, but let's remember this. He last got the Packers to the Super Bowl in 2010. Now they were annual, you know, they were annually in the playoff hunt and in the in the hunt for the Super Bowl. They lost the NFC Championship game for the last 9 seasons, but they have not been to the promised land since 2010. That's a long time. So, you know, and this is a Jets team that is not very good. They were 7 and 10 last year. Finished the season, you know, uh, losing six games in a row. They haven't been to the playoffs in 12 years. Is a 39-year-old quarterback going to be the difference between them getting in the playoffs and not? Well, the Jets are banking on it. The Jets are banking on the fact that they gave up the 13th overall pick, a second-rounder, and a sixth rounder this year, and then a conditional and a conditional 2024 pick that becomes a first rounder if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays for the Jets this season. The only way that doesn't happen, folks, is if he gets hurt. 
So that means they're going to get a, 20, a first rounder next year as well. Now they actually uh, essentially traded first round pick. The Jets are going to get Rodgers and the number 15 pick. So Green Bay is going to move up a couple of slots, and the Jets will get the uh, uh, the number 15 pick and a fifth rounder this year. But they essentially have given up uh, a second rounder, a sixth rounder this year, and a first rounder next year to get Aaron Rodgers. Jets have not won a Super Bowl or have been to the Super Bowl since 1969, since Joe Namath. And they think a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers is going to do that. Look, Aaron Rodgers won the league MVP in 20 and 21. I get that. But he's still 39 years old. And he's coming off a down year. Now, he is going to be reunited with Nathaniel Hackett, who was his offensive coordinator in Green Bay when he had some some really good years. But, you know, this is a gamble. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it for the New York Jets. But the Jets also, at the same time, the Jets had to do this. They had to do something. And now ahead of the draft coming up, they don't have to worry about a quarterback. They've got the quarterback, and they've got their backup quarterback, and now they can uh, concentrate on the other things they need to fix this team because it's not just the quarterback that was the problem with the New York Jets. But it's done, and uh, Jet fans, I'm sure, for the most part, are rejoicing. But that's a lot of eggs that they're putting in that basket, and I'm not sure... Uh, that he is going to be the New York Jets Easter Bunny. <laughs> but time will tell. Uh, before we get to baseball from last night, uh, the NBA playoffs. Uh, two games last night and two surprising outcomes. The Lakers beat the Memphis Grizzlies last night. The Lakers are a seven seed. They came out of the play-in round. The Grizzlies a number two seed. The Lakers now lead that series Three games to one. You know, we just talked about 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Well, 38-year-old LeBron James last night had the first 2020 game of his career. He's been in the NBA for 20 years. He had never had a 20-point, 20-rebound game. He did last night. 22 points and 20 rebounds. He also had seven assists and two block shots and only committed one turnover. And the Lakers beat the Grizzlies 117 to 111. Lakers were down by seven with five minutes to go in regulation, took it into overtime. They never trailed in the overtime. And now they've got a chance to finish off Memphis on Wednesday night in game five. Now it's in Memphis, so they're going to have some work to do. But they've got a lot of cushion here. They've got to win one of the next three. And the Lakers will advance. And by the way, this would be if they win this um, uh, playoff round, it'll be the first time that the Lakers have won a playoff series since the pandemic. They won a uh, uh, a playoff series in the playoff bubble down in Florida, if you remember, during the pandemic. But they hadn't won one before that. Uh, since 2012, and now, you know, traveling. So this would be the kind of their first uh, uh, 
normal, I guess, playoff victory if they can take Memphis out in this one. The other surprising one last night, the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, are now down three games to one to the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler was a one-man wrecking crew last night. I watched part of this game, and it looked like Milwaukee was in control. Jimmy Butler was having a hell of a game, but it looked like Milwaukee was going to win this easily. Giannis was back. You know, the Bucks had a, you know, a comfortable 10-12 lead for a good part of this game. But the Heat, with a late surge, come back, and they beat the Bucks 119-114, and now they lead that series three games to one. In the final six minutes of this game, Miami was eight for nine from the floor. They outscored the Bucks 30-13 to in the last six minutes of this game. Jimmy Butler scored 56 points. It's the fourth best scoring performance ever in an NBA playoff game. The Heat were down 14 points in the fourth quarter and came back to win this thing. Uh, Butler, by the way, 21 of his 56 points came in that fourth quarter. So this would be huge, absolutely huge. Um. An eight seed has only beaten the one seed four times since the NBA went to the 16-team playoff format in 1984. Um, this isn't quite as uh, dramatic an upset as a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament beating a one seed, but it's damn close. Four times in essentially 40 years has an eight seed beaten a one one seed. And unless Giannis... And the Bucks figure this out. They're going to be going home, and there is nobody on the earth that is going to be happier than the Boston Celtics because their biggest competition for winning the Eastern Conference was these Milwaukee Bucks. Series returns to Milwaukee for Game 5 on Wednesday. Game 6 will be at Miami. If they can't close it out in Milwaukee, Miami will have a chance to win it on their home court on Friday, but Milwaukee now in a position where they've got to win three in a row. Uh, there is NBA action tonight. The Celtics have a chance to close out the Atlanta Hawks tonight. Uh, that's on TNT for uh, at 7.30, and uh, I'm sure they're going to move on. Um, and uh, other than that, I think the only other game tonight is uh, Phoenix and the Clippers. Uh, the Suns have a chance to close that one out. It's in Phoenix, uh, but the number five seeded Clippers lead this series. Uh, excuse me, the Phoenix Suns lead this series three games to one. The Clippers took the first one, and then the Suns have won the next three and have a chance to uh, close that one out tonight. Uh, NHL playoffs last night. Uh, the Devils beat the Rangers last night three to one. This was a, a Ranger team that was, I don't know, just. They just seemed out of it last night. Um, they did manage to tie it up at, at one apiece uh, going into the third period, but uh, uh, the Devils got the tie-breaking goal in the third period uh, from Jonas Stegenthaler and then got an empty netter, and uh, they win this one 3-1. to one. This was another one of those series where it looked like the Devils 
were in trouble. The Rangers won the first two by f- scores of 5-1. to one. And it did not look good for the uh, New Jersey Devils. But uh, the Devils have won the last two games at Madison Square Garden. The series returns to New Jersey uh, on Thursday night for Game 5. And then uh, if it goes to a Game 7, it's going to be in New Jersey. So uh, New Jersey has put themselves in a pretty good position. Um, also last night, the Toronto Maple Leafs take out the Tampa Bay Lightning. After Tampa won that opening game 7-3, uh, Toronto has been on a mission. And they win last night 5-4 in overtime. And uh, they are on the brink of winning their first playoff series in a long, long time. And snapping a, a string for the Lightning, which has been ridiculous. Tampa Bay has won 11 of 12 postseason series in the last three, three playoffs. They've been in the Stanley Cup final three straight years, and they've won that championship twice. And they had a 4-1 lead in this game last night. And Toronto is ready to win its first playoff series in 19 years. 19 years. So uh, a, a great comeback win for them last night, and uh, now they are on the brink. Uh, the Boston Bruins uh, don't play until tomorrow night. Uh, they will have a chance to close out the Florida Panthers. That game will be in Boston. It's on ESPN and Nesson uh, Wednesday night, a 7 o'clock start. Uh, and the Carolina Hurricanes play tonight. They have a chance to take out the New York Islanders uh, in this series. It's tied, or excuse me, the Hurricanes lead 3-1. to one. This game is in Carolina. ESPN tonight, 7 o'clock. And uh, the Hurricanes, uh, the number two seed uh, in the Eastern Conference, they are probably, I, I would think that they are going to be the biggest competition for the Boston Bruins. Um, so the roller coaster ride for the Red Sox continues. And the mystery that is Chris Sale continues. After striking out 11 in his previous start and looking like the old Chris Sale, he was, well, there's no other way to put it. He was awful last night. Goes five innings, gives up nine hits, five runs. Does not strike out a batter. First time in his career that he has not struck someone out in an appearance that lasted more than one inning. He Not only was he not striking guys out, he couldn't even get a swing and miss. He had one swing and miss through the first three innings of this game. And he was staked through a 4 nothing lead. Tristan Casas with a bomb. Rafi Devers with another home run. They had a 4 nothing lead. Baltimore got one back in the third, and then in the fourth it, it, and fifth, it was batting practice. They ripped shot after shot after shot against Chris Sale. And and look, you know, Sale, he always he always stands up and he said, I was just bad. I wish I had more for you. And he said, I effing sucked. Yes, well he did, but the question you know, what what do the Red Sox do? I mean, I you know, again, 
48 innings over the last three years. I get all that. He's still trying to figure out. The problem is, is that his slider is not moving very much. <coughs> he had one of the, the biggest breaks in his slider in Major League Baseball when he came to the Red Sox. You know, and, I, and I'm not a big, you know, analytics nerd, but, you know, they said when he came to the Sox, his, the average break on his slider was 13 and a half inches. Yesterday it was nine. So what's the, you know, what's going on? Is he tipping his pitches? What's, you know, and Alex Cora is trying to make all kinds of excuses, you know. It's like, ah, well, you know, they fouled off some tough pitches and, you know, yada, yada, yada. James McCann had a great at bat against him, fouled off five pitches, four straight at one point, but ends up getting an RBI single that tied the game. You know, and that's the problem that he has, with the exception of that previous outing. He has not been able to get outs when they need him to get outs. Yeah, I, I, you know, how long do you, I mean, look, they're not taking him out of the rotation. All right, it's not going to happen. But I think, I think I'm already at a point where when he goes out there, I'm expecting him to get his ass kicked. And if he throws a, a game like he did, you know, two starts ago, you're grateful. But he's got an ERA of over eight. Opponents are hitting 316 off of him. And that's over five starts. Over five starts, he's thrown 23 innings. He's given up 30 hits. 21 earned runs. His walks and hits to innings pitch is 1.74. If his name wasn't Chris Sale... He'd be in Worcester. You know, and so, you know, but this is this is why, you know, and and I'm going to ride this roller coaster all year. It's like, you know, this team could be good. They got a 4 nothing lead last night. With Chris Sale on the mound, you expect to win that game. Of course, it would also be nice if the Sox would, you know, you get the four runs and then the bats just went silent. How many, you know, we've seen that before as well. But, man, it's one of those games last night It was just frustrating as hell. And, and the bullpen did a great job again. Right? I mean, you know, hell, they, you know, they've gotten to a point where they're using this bullpen so much. They had to go to Worcester, Worcester yesterday and, and bring up a lefty, Brennan Bernardino, a guy who was a 26th-round draft pick was in the minors for years until he finally got a chance with Seattle last year. And they brought him up. He pitched two scoreless innings last night because they're wearing out this bullpen. Hell, they had to bring Ryan Brazier, and he pitched a scoreless inning. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I was really worried about that. It was a 5-4 game about Brazier, and I said, well, this game this game could be over after this inning. But, you know, he got out of the inning with 11 pitches. But it's the Red Sox can't continue to have starting pitchers you know, Garrett Whitlock had a great outing two two starts ago. His last outing, horse crap again. You know, with the exception of T- Tanner Houck has been the most consistent starter they've had. Nick Pavetta, another guy. You know, one good start, one horrible start. Corey Kluber, good Lord, is bad start after bad start. But the Red Sox, at the rate they're going through pitchers, you know, they're going to be calling up you know, guys from single A because they're going to be out of arms. You know, and with the rules where teams are limited to 13 pitchers, uh, the Sox have had to make some moves. They sent down Brian Bale yesterday. 
And it doesn't mean that Brian Bayo is not going to be a major league starter, and they're going to bring him back at some point. Bayo's frustrated. He says, I think I've learned everything I can in the minors. I think I, you know, I need to learn up here. And he's right. He does. But the rest of the starting staff has been so awful. And by the way, Bayo is part of that problem. He's got an ERA of 9.8. You know, so, you know, he's part of the problem as well. But, you know, you can't continue to go to the pen like this and, and, you know, and not expect them to have to make some changes. And with with uh, 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 James Paxton coming, uh, Jolie Rodriguez is getting close to coming off the injured list. When Chris Martin, he's making progress. When those guys come back, this is a logjam, right? So, you know, guys like Bayo and Pavetta, uh, Whitlock, and, and even Tanner Houck, although I think Tanner Houck, no, at this point, they're going to leave him in the rotation. But there's going to be some guys whose roles are going to change, and they're not going to be happy. But that's what this season is going to be because this is not uh, – unless things turn around in a big old hurry and Paxton is uh, uh, what they hope he can be and, you know, Corey Kluber can last more than three or four innings and, you know, Pavetta, same deal, and they can keep guys in the – keep this team in the game, it's going to be like this all year. And it might be a 500 year or slightly better. And in the American League East, that's not going to be good enough. But, man, last night um, – it was disheartening because I had so much hope after Chris Sale's previous start that we he was starting to to be the old Chris Sale. Now he'll never be the old Chris Sale. He's you know he's a few years older and uh, with all the injuries and, and whatnot, it's you know I don't think we're ever going to see that again. But God, I hope that it could be close, and it wasn't anywhere near close. It is thirty five minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 37 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Tuesday morning. Uh, one other quick Sox note. Um, Yu Chang got hurt yesterday. Yu Chang had been uh, the regular shortstop for the Red Sox lately. He had started five straight games there, 10 of the last 12, which allowed them to put Kike Hernandez um, uh, back in center field. Uh, taking over for Adam Duvall. You know, and that's the other thing, too. We can't underestimate, you know, I, I talk about the Red Sox offense. We can't underestimate how much the loss of Adam Duvall uh, has affected that lineup. And he wasn't going to be able to sustain what he was doing uh, prior to his injury. But there was that threat. And, you know, it's one less guy that opposing teams have to worry about pitching around. Uh, look, the middle of that Red Sox lineup can still be potent with Devers and and Justin Turner and guys like that, but you know, until until Tristan Casas becomes a a regular threat, um, you know, and now with uh, Yoshida, who, by the way, uh, you know, after I had uh, you know just said the other day, I hope they can fix what's wrong with this guy. Uh, he got on base a few more times last night, and all of a sudden, Masa Yoshida is not a problem. Right. I mean, Tristan Casas is a problem. Uh, the production at second base is a bit of a problem with uh, with Christian Arroyo and et cetera. But uh, Masha Yoshida is no longer uh, a problem. Uh, the other good news for the Red Sox is uh, Reese McGuire was available off the bench uh, last night. Of course, if you remember, he got a, he got hit in the hand uh, by a pitch um, against the Brewers. And uh, came out of the game, uh, but he was available last night. So that is that is really, really good uh, to see. Um, and I said 
I wasn't going to be sold on the Tampa Bay Rays until I saw what they were able to do against the Houston Astros. The Astros had just come off a four-game sweep of a very, very good Atlanta Braves team. So I wasn't convinced, you know, and looking at that soft schedule that the Rays had to start the season, that they were really as good as advertised. Well, they beat up on the Astros 8-3 last night. (laughs) Uh, Taj Bradley, the young kid, another solid start. It wasn't spectacular, but five innings, four hits, three runs. Uh, which I guess in this day and age is a, a quality start. Struck out six, didn't walk anybody, which is good. Um, but he's 3-0. and uh, He's thrown 15 in the third innings this season. He struck out 23 guys. He's only walked two. Uh, and so the Rays' bats were hot. They got a good outing from Bradley. And, of course, that bullpen is usually lights out, and it was last night. Wander Franco, a huge game, four hits. For Tampa, and did you see the catch on the highlights that he made last night? Uh, from his shortstop position, a ball headed down the left field line. He sprints from his spot, couldn't quite get there with the glove, sticks out his bare hand and makes the catch in his bare hand. And he even he laughed about it. He's like, you know, he said, uh, I kind of overran it, and I just, I just stuck my hand out. You know, he said, He's just a natural reaction. He says, I couldn't believe it until I caught it. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable catch. That might be the catch of the year. We might not see one better. Uh, but the Rays, 14 hits off of the Astros last night. Jose Urquidy got knocked out in the third inning after giving up seven hits and six runs. Um, the only thing that went wrong for the Rays last night, they didn't hit a home run. So they're... Major League Baseball record um, of homering in their first 22 games of the season ended uh, last night. But Tampa is on fire. It is absolute. They are 20 and three. Only the 1911 Detroit Tigers and the 1955 Brooklyn Dodgers had better starts since 1901. They th- those two teams went 21 and two. 20 and 3. And it was their 14th straight home victory. Unreal. I mean, it, you just can't make this up. You just can't make this up. They share that record, by the way, with the uh, Dodgers. 2009 Dodgers. They can break it uh, tonight. And... Uh, I, I guess I mean I at this point you can't you can't say that they won't. It'll be Drew Rasmussen pitching tonight for the Rays. He'll go up against Luis Garcia, but uh, this Rays team is just absolutely ridiculous. It really is. I mean, and I still think that the Yankees and the Jays are the two best teams in the American League East, but there may come a point that I'm going to have to change my mind because just when I, 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 I keep expecting the Jays to fall down, and I've talked about how tough their schedule gets in May uh, with seven games against the Yankees, three against the Dodgers, uh, three against the Mets. I mean, that schedule that they have in May is brutal. 
if they come through May and they still have a big lead in the American League East, and their lead right now is four and a half over the Orioles, and as good as the Orioles are after beating the Red Sox last night, and I get that the Orioles have won nine, seven in a row and nine to ten. I get all that. But at the end of the day, uh, I still don't think they're going to, to to be able to sustain what they're doing. I still think I still think Toronto and the, and the Yankees end up in first place, but I may I, I reserve the right to change my mind if uh, if the Jays are, or if the Rays are still up at the end of May. Uh, and speaking of the Jays, they win last night. Chris Bassett, six in the third innings. He actually only left the game because uh, he had a sore lower back. Uh, called out the training staff in the seventh inning, and they came and got him. And, uh, uh, and that was uh, that was the end of his night. But he pitched well. Uh, Kevin Biggio with a three-run home run in this, and they beat the Chicago White Sox five to two. Uh, the White Sox whew, taking on water. Uh, they content. They continue to struggle. Chicago now seven and sixteen on the season. They've lost five in a row, and eight of ten. Uh, but uh, Bassett with a strong game last night for the Toronto Blue Jays. A guy that they signed to a three-year, sixty-three million dollar contract in the off-season, and uh, that was one of his best starts for them last night. Six and a third, three hits, two runs, uh, struck out four through ninety-eight pitches. Um, over those six and the third innings. Lance Lynn continues to have a nightmare start to his season. Drops to five, or excuse me, 0-3 with five innings last night. Gave up four more runs. Struck out four, walked three, threw 101 pitches. He, he was pitching so bad that he gave up four runs in five innings and his ERA went down. That's how bad it's been. Uh, the good news for Chicago, uh, Tim Anderson getting close to coming back. Took grounders yesterday without his knee brace on. And it looks like uh, they are ready to get him back in the lineup. And uh, it can't happen soon enough because uh, Elvis Andrus has been absolutely putrid uh, filling in for Anderson while he's been hurt. Uh, the two teams play again today. It'll be Jose Barrios, uh, who has struggled for the Jays. They need him to get going. He's 1-3 with a 6.23. Mike Clevenger, who's been the best starter for the White Sox this season, is 2-3 and three, uh, with a 3.26 ERA. He will get the start for Chicago tonight. Uh, the Yankees lose last night. Sonny Gray uh, continues his blistering start to the season. I don't know where this came from, but Sonny Gray, seven shutout innings last night, only gave up three hits. He struck out eight, walked two. His ERA now, 0.62, through 107 pitches over seven innings. Uh, this is a guy that pitched for the Yankees for parts of two years and was brutal. Couldn't get out of town fast enough. But there's some people that just aren't cut out uh, to pitch in New York, and he was obviously one of them. But uh, the Twins now have won three of the first five meetings against the Yankees this year. The Yankees have owned Minnesota in the regular season since for the last 20 years. It's They have the best record versus the Minnesota Twins than any other team over that span. Uh, they are, I think, uh, something like 141, something like that. And uh, they've played them in the postseason a few times. They're 16-2 and two against the uh, Twins in the postseason during that time. But uh, Minnesota with a big win last night. And Johnny Brito with another rough start for the Yankees through 80 pitches in two and two-thirds. Uh, three hits and uh, three runs. Also walked three guys, only struck out one. And the Minnesota Twins uh, with the victory. Move to 13 and 10, two 
games clear of the uh, Cleveland Guardians in the AL Central. Minnesota is the only team over 500 in the AL Central. Yikes. It is 47 minutes past the hour. We're going to take one more break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. 49 minutes past the hour here on a Tuesday morning. Hey, as good as the pitching performance was by Sonny Gray last night uh, for the Minnesota Twins, the, uh, the line of the night has to go to Spencer Strider, uh, the second-year guy from the Atlanta Braves, guy who was the runner-up uh, for uh, National League Rookie of the Year last year. He took a no-hitter into the eighth. He actually had a perfect game um, until the seventh inning when Matt Olson, who is a gold-glove first baseman, doesn't make a lot of errors, made one on a ground ball by Jazz Chisholm in the seventh inning. So that took away uh, the perfect game. But Strider took a no-hitter into the eighth inning last night. Uh, struck out 13 and uh, was as dominant as you can be. Threw 101 pitches over eight innings, two hits, struck out 13. And the Atlanta Braves bombed the Miami Marlins last night 11 to nothing. Uh, Atlanta hit five home runs in this game. Sam Hilliard had two of them. Um, and so the Braves uh, avoid a six-game losing streak. They had lost five in a row, including four in a row, uh, in that last series to Houston. They hadn't lost six in a row since uh, 2017. Uh, so uh, fortunately they were able to uh, stop that last night. Those two teams will face off again today. Charlie Morton, 2-2 uh, two and two with a 3-2-2 ERA, will take on uh, Brian Hoeing uh, fr from Miami. He was making just his second career start in that game today. By the way, speaking of five home runs in a game and uh, a blind squirrel, Found a nut last night. The Oakland Athletics hit five home runs last night against Angels pitching. Actually, it wasn't Angels pitching. <laughs> they, they hit five home runs off of one guy. Uh, <laughs> what a nightmare start. Jose Suarez uh, goes five innings, gives up eight hits and seven runs. Five of the eight hits he gave up all left the yard. Uh, Rooker hit two, Aguilar hit two, uh, and uh, it's just a a brutal night uh, for the Angels. The Angels end up losing this game to Oakland, eleven to ten in ten innings. Oakland with three runs in the top of the tenth uh, to win this one, and uh, the Angels who needed a sweep. Uh, there, look, I, I said this, you know, from the start. If the Angels have any hopes of contending. In the AL West, they needed to sweep the Athletics, who are just awful. The Athletics are now five and eighteen. They, uh, with the victory, they tie the Kansas City Royals now for the worst record in Major League Baseball, five and eighteen. Uh, oh, the uh, uh, the Royals lose again last night. Uh, they lose to the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, the Diamondbacks who sit in first place in the NL West. Uh, they win it 5-4 to four on essentially a swinging bunt by Nick Ahmed, the graduate of the University of Connecticut. Uh, hits one down the uh, first baseline on a swinging bunt. Christian Walker comes home uh, with the winning run for the Diamondbacks. So uh, the Royals go down to their ninth loss in the last 10 games. Uh, you know, again, change managers, 
uh, but the results haven't changed. Now, Kansas City did out, out uh, hit Arizona in this one 10-7, but uh, Brad Keller uh, not very good in the start. The bullpen did a decent job, but Brad Keller dug an early hole, and uh, the Royals end up losing this one. The Tigers win last night. The Brewers uh, go down to the Tigers 4-2. to two. The Brewers in a bit of a funk right now after uh, Boston visited and took two out of three. Uh, with the loss, the Brewers dropped to 15-8. and eight. And ladies and gentlemen, your Pittsburgh Pirates are in first place in the NL Central. And the Pirates are hoping that every game between now and the rest of the season gets canceled. And if I'll tell you what, and I know in this big gambling day and age, I wonder if there was any kind of a, a prop bet on whether the Pittsburgh Pirates would be in first place at any point during the season. Pirates are 16 and 7. Milwaukee is a game back now at 15 and 8. Uh, Nick Maton with a decider last night, a three run homer and a, a good start by Matthew Boyd, uh, who allowed just two runs on five hits in uh, five innings, struck out eight, walk one. Uh, and the Brewers, by the way, that was the first time they have lost consecutive games all season. Uh, the Guardians lose last night. They fall to 11 and 12 on the season. Uh, they lose to the Colorado Rockies, who have struggled mightily this year as well. Colorado just seven and seventeen, uh, but Austin Gomber, <coughs> excuse me, who had been uh, terrible since coming over from St. Louis, he said, "Look, I haven't pitched well. I felt a lot of pressure because I was in the deal that sent Nolan Arenado, you know, to St. Louis. So I felt like there was pressure on me, and I've let it get to me. But last night he was pretty good." Uh, and uh, he uh, picks up his first victory of the season, now 1-4. and four. He allowed just three hits in the game in five scoreless innings. All three hits he gave up, by the way, were singles uh, by Stephen Kwan, but a 6 nothing win for the Rockies last night, and uh, Cleveland's going to send Peyton Battenfield. He's going to make his third career start tonight uh, as, as Cleveland just tries to figure out a way uh, to get enough pitchers uh, to finish out the season because the uh, uh, the injuries are just piling up. And the Reds with a win last night. The uh, Rangers lose to the Cincinnati Reds. So a lot of the bottom feeders with a win last night. The Reds uh, beat the Rangers 7-6. T.J. Friedel drives in the game-winning run with a ninth-inning single, and the Reds snapped the six-game losing streak uh, coming from behind to beat the Rangers uh, seven to six. The Rangers still with a two and a half game lead in the American League West. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Again, we will not be here Thursday, Friday, uh, probably on Monday. We're going to have to see. You know, as I said, I'm going to be uh, building a new deck, and going to uh, my stepson's going to be here from Florida helping me get this done. So. Um, my, my time here will be spotty for the next uh, week or so, but uh, I'll keep you posted on the website and on social media. Uh, but uh, we're going to leave you this morning with some music from Carly Pierce. Yesterday was her 33rd birthday, so uh, uh, we'll go out this morning with one of my favorite songs by her. It's called Next Girl. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.